Now, there are two pulpits here. I don't know which one to use. <laughs> Do I use any one of this one here? All right. Well, blessings and greetings in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Ah, it's good to be here. Good to fellowship with you again. I missed you all greatly. And God is good and he's still faithful to us uh, this morning. Uh, without any further time, I, I, I promised my wife I'll go 20 minutes, <laughs> 25, 30 at the most. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to really hurry up. And uh, I, I miss you all so much. Uh, it's, it's really good to be here, good to be home, and fellowship with you all again, really. Um, without further waste of time, I've entitled today's sermon, Victory in Christ, Victory in Jesus. There's victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's victory in Jesus Christ. Let's open our Bibles, if you will please, to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> Chapter 15, verse 51 to verse 58. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 51 to verse 58. Chapter 15, chapter 15 verse 51. So verse 51, verse 58. Let's all stand as we read the word of God. Please, for those of you who are able to stand, please stand with me. If you can't, that's fine. As we honor the reading of the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to verse 58. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall rise, or shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have Put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55 O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the word this morning. Lord, we pray 
and bring the preaching of your word this morning that you would strengthen our faith, you know, to strengthen our hearts, encourage us, Lord, that you would equip us for the ministry, that, Lord, we would leave this place strengthened and encouraged. Lord, we pray for those who are not feeling well this morning. We pray that you would be glorified in our singing, that our worship to you will be acceptable in your ears. Father, we bring Pastor Clive before you this morning. As you know, he hasn't been feeling well for a number of weeks. Lord, we pray that you please strengthen his body and strengthen his spirit as well. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Victory in Christ. It is very nice when you win as a team. When your favorite team is winning, you become victorious. When the Springbok were winning, I mean, we were all chanting and, you know, we were all behind them. When they made that winning pass, when their final whistle blew, and we won, we all shouting victory. I mean, the cars outside were hooking, outside people, even those who were not supportive of Springbok came back wearing jerseys of Springbok, of the bokeh. We were winning. It's nice to win. As a South African, I was excited to be a South African that day. We won. It's nice to be victorious. It's nice to win. Hey. On the other hand, wafana wafana. I think we won our last game. Uh, there's, a, there's another coach now, and people keep saying, it's not the coach, it's not the coach, it's the players, I don't know. But whenever Bafana Bafana plays, I don't watch the game. <laughs> because I know there's a huge chance we won't win. It's nice to be on the winning team. It's nice to be on the winning side, on a victorious side, to get motivated uh, you want to fight even harder to win more. Victory is sweet. Victory is satisfying. We have a basketball team and we win. I mean, we do the best we can. Uh, I play hard whenever we play. And <clears throat> when we get home, my wife asked me, did you win? And with a huge smile, I say, yes, we won. Because it's nice to be victorious. It's nice to win. It's a drag when you come back home with a loss. You know, I don't like it. It's good to be on the winning side. This morning, I want us to talk about the victory we have in Christ. The blessing of being victorious through Jesus Christ. The victory, the victory we find in the light of the fact that Christ rose from the dead should motivate us that we are victorious. There is a victory in Christ. If there was no resurrection, 
if there was no resurrection of the dead, if the Bible didn't promise the resurrection, there would be no victory. There would be no victory. But praise God, Christ rose from the dead. And because he rose, we too, one day we shall be risen from the dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse 52. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52. The Bible says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Hey, I'm looking forward for the day. That's victory there. We shall be changed. God will make us like Christ. Verse 53, for the corruptible must put on incorruption. It's talking about our flesh. And this mortal must put on immortality. Our victory is secure, Christians. And sure, because Christ lives, those who are in him shall never die. And therefore, we glorify God about this victory. We, we celebrate our victory in Christ. We honor God through this victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our bodies, yes, will die. But our soul will never die. Death has no victory for the child of God. Look at verse 54 with me, if you will, of 1 Corinthians 15. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Listen, he's talking to Christians here. He's talking to me and you, those who have placed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's encouraging them. He's saying death has no victory over a Christian, never. Because Christ rose from the dead, he conquered death. Therefore, those who are in Christ also have conquered death. And therefore, death, where is your victory for a child of God? I'm not talking about a lost soul. Oh, death, where is your victory for those whose names are written in the book of life? There is no death for a Christian. Yes, our bodies will falter and fail but our souls are saved. They are washed with the blood of the Lamb, and therefore we will not taste death, but we will have victory in heaven. You understand, Christians? And therefore, this victory we have in Christ. And therefore, that's why we sing, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. He saved us. He saved us. Verse 55 says, oh death, where is your sting? Where is it? Oh grave, where is thy victory? Because we have become victorious over the grave. One day, 
this body of mine will die. And one day I'll be buried. Uh, you know, when he talks about the grave there, you know, when I die, I, I, I always tell you to put on my cell phone in the grave with me. So that when I wake up, I can call. Hey, Kyle, come fetch me here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure there's airtime. <laughs> I'm, I'm always afraid of waking up in the grave. <laughs> but listen, church, there's victory in Christ. Yes, my body will die one day, and it's going to be eaten by worms. I'm not worried about this body, but I know my soul has victory in Christ. You know, verse 55, Paul is quoting Isaiah chapter 25. Let's go to Isaiah, shall we? In the book of Isaiah chapter 25, verse 89. <clears throat> Isaiah 25 verse 8 to verse 9, and he's quoting there. Paul is quoting Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah lived 700 years earlier. And this is what Isaiah said in Isaiah uh, chapter 25 and verse 8. He said, he, God, will swallow up death in victory. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, 700 years earlier, 700 years earlier, this was prophesied. He said, God will swallow up death in victory. He's talking about who, church? It's Christ. He's saying, he will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away every what? Tears from all of their eyes and their faces. And God will rebuke, and the rebuke of his people shall be... Uh, shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. Verse 9, and it shall be said in that day, lo, this is our God. Hallelujah. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in what? In his salvation. In his salvation. Death has no victory over the saved. Born again Christians, death has no say over you. And therefore we preach the gospel to those who are dying. We take the gospel. Yesterday, on Friday I was preaching in Stoffberg. <clears throat> and we were preaching on the streets. Uh, my mom was with me. In her old age, I'm surprised, she can still stand for a long periods of time. We were preaching over there. And uh, one of the things that we were preaching about was accidents on the road that we, we were witnessing in. And people, I, I'm told, one of the pastors there said, Pastor, we pick, when people die there because of the, the speed, when people die there, you know, he said he didn't even know how to pick them up. And surely, yes, uh, physical death we will taste. But praise God, we will not taste hell. You know, Jesus told the Pharisees in Mark chapter 12 and verse 27. 
He said, God is not the God of the dead, but God is God of the living. And he told the Pharisees, he said, you are greatly mistaken. What, what is God, Christ trying to say here? He's saying those who trust in God, those who are born again, those who have placed faith in Christ, God is their God. He is God of the living. He is God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, they are alive. He's God of them. He's not God of the dead. If you are not saved this morning, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you leave this body, you will face death. You will face death. I'm not talking about your physical death. I'm talking about your soul. If you're following in your bulletins, there is victory in Christ Jesus the Lord. Because we have victory through Christ, we must be steadfast. Hallelujah. We must be steadfast. Because we have this glorious victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, in the light of the resurrection that he rose from the dead, one day we too shall rise from the dead. In that light, we must be steadfast. The word steadfast there means to be strong, to be firm, to be confident in the faith of the gospel. In view of the truth that one day we shall be risen up. Being steadfast means to be strong. Don't be a weak Christian in your faith and in your walk with God. To be steadfast means to be firm, both feet planted Planted in Christ, unmovable, steadfast. Paul is encouraging this Christian. He say, listen, Christians, Corinthians, you have the victory in Christ. Therefore, be strong. Your feet must be planted in Christ so that you will walk with God effectively in the ministry. Be steadfast. To be steadfast in our faith means to continue serving God faithfully without stopping, but wholeheartedly moving forward. Moving forward. Psalm 78, verse 37. Because we have victory in Christ, we must be steadfast. Psalm 78, verse 37. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. <clears throat> Psalm 78:37. The psalmist is looking back at the children of Israel. He's looking back when they were in the wilderness. And he's saying, for their hearts, he's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness when Moses was leading them. He's saying, for their hearts was not right with God, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. 
Verse 39, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and becometh not again. He's saying, the psalmist is saying, the children of Israel, they were not steadfast in the covenant that God gave them. They were not holding on to the promises of God. When God gave them a task, they disobeyed it. When God gave them the word, they disobeyed it. And therefore, they were not steadfast in obeying the word of God. They were not steadfast in worshiping God. They were shaken. They were moved. They were not grounded in the word of God. Because of that, God was angry with them. And yet God, because he knew that they were flesh, the Bible says they were, we, are, they were, they, we are just like wind that passes away that doesn't return again. God was compassionate with them. Listen, church, let's not be, they are our example. In the wilderness, all they did was complain. They, listen, they saw God's holiness in the wilderness. With their eyes, eyes, they saw, they saw, they even heard God, God's voice, they heard him. They saw Moses coming out from the mountain, glowing with the glory of God, but still they wouldn't obey. They were not steadfast in moving with God. Instead, they flaunted in sin and this wickedness. Moses was 40 nights, 40 days, and already they had forsaken God. They were not steadfast in moving and living for God. Some of God's children are like that. We are not steadfast in moving and, 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 and walking with God, are we sometimes? They did not keep God's word. They did not keep God's promises. They stopped. They didn't continue walking with God. Now, we can fall into the same trap if we are not careful if we are not firm in our love for God, we can fall in the same trap and not be steadfast with our walk with God. Now listen, we have the victory in Christ. We should be yet more motivated to continue. Listen, I'm motivated to know that the victory is already won. Victory is ours. Victory is Christians. If you're a child of God, victory is yours. And therefore, that should motivate you to live for God. Steadfastly, unshakable, knowing that I've already won. That should motivate us. Instead of saying, ah, this Christian thing. What a shame. What a shame about Christianity today. We live in like a bunch of mini devils. We've, we live in like a bunch of demons. We are lazy. We are weak. Christianity has never been weak in all of its history than it is today. It's weak. Christians are not steadfast. All they do is complain all the time. It's cold. I'm not going to church. It's cold. I've got family coming into my house. Pastor, I'll see you next off, next off, next week. What kind of rub? Christianity has never been so weak in its history. Amen? Amen. Weak. We, 
Christianity is weak. You know why? We're not steadfast. We're not steadfast. We have the victory, but we don't seem to be blind to it. Instead, we toy around with the world. We do what they do. We, 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 we entertain them. We, we, when they go partying, hey, wait for me, wait for me. You're the first one to lead the crowd. And they're confused. Weak Christianity. I'm sorry, it's despicable. Despicable Christianity is today. I've never been ashamed to be a Christian in my life than we are today. I want you to look at a wicked man in the, in the Old Testament. A wicked man who saw, who saw a testimony of Let's, let's go to the book of Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. I'm talking about being steadfast because we have the victory in Christ. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Here's a wicked man who turned to God because he saw God himself is steadfast. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. God himself is a steadfast God. And man, I praise God for that. Hey, hallelujah. God is a steadfast God. He's not like us. He's steadfast in his love towards us. He's steadfast in his faithfulness towards us. He's steadfast in keeping his promises towards us. What a steadfast God we have. And I want to look at just a brief uh, um, example there in Daniel chapter 6 verse 25. Let's look at that please if you will. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people. Now this is a wicked king but his faith, he turned his faith to God because he saw God's steadfastness. Then the King Darius wrote unto all the people and nations. Wow. And all languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. That's why he wrote, verse 26. I, Darius, make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Hallelujah. Wow. For he is a living God. And what, church? Steadfast forever. Forever. Here's a wicked person. He saw the steadfastness of this God. And he wrote a decree to all the kingdoms. He said, listen, you better bow down to this God. He's a steadfast God. And his kingdom, God's kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. Verse, verse 27. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Ah, what a God we serve. What a God we serve. Listen, be steadfast. Can you imagine if God wasn't steadfast? If God wasn't merciful, kind, loving? Where would you be? 
where would I be? Imagine if God didn't forgive your hypocrisy. Imagine God didn't forgive your drunkenness. Imagine God didn't forgive your wicked thoughts. You see, God is steadfast in forgiving, isn't he? He's steadfast in being merciful. If he wasn't, the whole planet would be destroyed. But he's kind and patient and merciful. The early church, Christians, the early church in the book of Acts, we are told that by, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us that they continued in fellowship, in prayer, and preaching the word of God. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. I'm talking about being a steadfast Christian. Faith Baptist Church, be steadfast. Follow the Lord. Be faithful to God. Spring Valley Baptist Church, be faithful to God. Be steadfast and continue to love and serve the Lord. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Look at what the early church did. And they what, church? They continued. They didn't stop. They continued what? Steadfastly. Steadfastly they continued. In the apostles' doctrine. That means the word of God. And fellowship with one another. Hey, Tabule, I'm sorry about the tea. I was looking forward for the fellowship, man. And in fellowship with one another. There was love, communion amongst the Christians. There was that fellowship. They continued. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. Ah, uh, Pastor David, Pastor Raja, Pastor Tembiso are gone. Ah, uh, I'll see them next up next year. Fellowship. Continued in fellowship and in preaching of the word and carrying out the gospel and witnessing to the lost. Steadfastly, they served God. I don't understand what's happening to Christianity. The Bible says they were breaking bread. You know when they were doing this, persecution was intense. Intense. If you said you were a Christian that day, it's none of this business. I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. All of us are Christian. In parliament, everybody's a Christian. Hey, listen. None of this was there that day. They suffered. Christianity, they suffered. They were tortured. Read your history. But you know what? They were what? Steadfast. They were steadfast and moved for the Christ. Secondly, we must be unmovable. Hallelujah. Look at verse 58. We must be unmovable. Glory. Hmm. Unmovable, unshaken. The word unmovable means to be unmoved. You can't move something. Robin? Come here, please. Come here. Can you help me? Can you help me? Now, Robin, I want you to move this thing. Can you move it? Try, try. Let's, let's try Let's try together. Let's move it. Push. 
Here's an issue. Thank you, Lord. I don't have a seat. That's what the Bible means by unmovable. He says, don't be shaken. Don't be moved in your Christian faith. When Satan comes and temptations come, don't be moved. Stay strong as a church, as an individual in Christ. Hallelujah. Don't be shaken. Be strong. Be firm. I always make an example about a friend of ours. His name is Kumbuzo. I'm sure you've heard me a hundred times making this example. It's Kumbuzo. You know, back in the day, we used to cycle to school all the time. Today, we put them in our cars and we drive them to and fro. We used to walk to school, man. And I had my bicycle. So we would travel together, cycle together. And one day, it's Kumbuzo uh, uh, and us, we had already passed the bridge, but two thieves blocked one end of the bridge and the other on the end of the bridge, and they got hold of Kumbuzo and fired. Now, Kumbuzo, now, I mean, this guy's got a knife. Okay, this guy's got a knife in the back. Kumbuzo says, no. Now, that's a bad idea. Okay, that's a bad idea. The guy said, hey, the other guy said, hey, let's have a phone, let's have a bicycle. Trials will come. Temptations will come. Hard times will come. Bad health will come. Death in the family will come. Loss of a job will come. COVID-19, you will get infected. Hey, stay strong. Be firm, unmovable, unshaken, strong in the Lord. Oh, Christians, let's be strong and fervent. I'm watching my wife. <laughs> Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, 21, shall we? Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Paul writes to these Christians in Colossae. Now, Paul has never met this church in Colossae. He's never met them, never seen them, never shook their hands, never been in their church building, never met them, this church. He's only heard. Paul writes Colossians, he's in prison. He's with the man that planted the church in Colossae. His name is Apaphras. And he's with this man. And he's being told, Paul, listen, people are coming in preaching the false doctrine, preaching false. They're, they're teaching all, all sorts of weird of things. And Paul writes to this church. Look at verse 21, chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And you, Christians, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works before you were saved. That's what Paul is saying. You were an alien to God. 
You were a wicked person. You did not belong into the household of God. You were an alien in a Christian community. You were aliens by wicked works in your hearts. Yet now, God, Christ, has reconciled you back to God. Verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unprovable, sorry, in his sight. Verse 23. If you what? Continue. If you continue in the faith. What church? Grounded. Grounded. And what? Settle. And be not what? Moved away. From what? From your faith in God. Don't be moved away from me. He's writing to them. Oh, my. Don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Some of you this morning are facing storms in your lives. Some of you are facing death in your families. Some of you are tired, just tired of life. Some of you maybe are facing ill health. This is Christina Mawashene. I was talking to her this week, trying to find out how she's doing. She's battling with, with cancer, as you well know. She's battling. She's past, I'm tired. Physically, she said, I'm physically drained. I'm tired. But she said, my spirit is happy. She said, I'm rejoicing inside. Talking to Pastor Carl Lewis. Pastor Carl Lewis had COVID for weeks. He was in bed on ventilators. Carl Lewis, our missionaries that we support, in ventilators for weeks. Colin, you know, we've been praying for, for him. His family, now Jim and Terry, the ones that are helping them from the States, they have COVID. Terry is suffering also from, from, from cancer. She's taking chemo plus suffering cancer. But you know what? She's steadfast, she's strong in the Lord. You know, breaking, I've got cancer, I'm not going to church. I've got, uh, no, she's strong in the Lord. She's moving forward, unmovable. I can go on and go on about our people right now who are suffering that you and I know. But they're strong in the Lord. Thirdly, in closing, we must always abound in God's word. Amen. Always abound. In God's word. I'm going to close with this statement here. To abound in God's work means to continue serving God. That's it. That's it. That's all. I am encouraged every time I come to see you are faithful. I don't mean to put some of you on the spot. The hands, they drive. They pass, they pass the arena. Pass Verena to worship the Lord and pray in the altar and preach the word of God. You know what they do? They abound in God. I would do like to drive the people every time. Some of us live here. We can normally do it whenever I was there. We live here a lot of times. They have to, imagine one time they have to wake up 
to me. Lindy, every week you are in this office making sure that things are running smooth. You know what? You are bounding in what? In the work. Brother Tabul, Mr. T, I see you every Sunday here. <laughs> Serving the Lord behind the scenes as a deacon. Some don't know what you do as deacons. Many of you here, I can go on, Louis, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know why? Because soon, the trap Because you enjoy fornicating too much. Because you enjoy alcohol too much. You don't want to let it go. You don't want to set boundaries in your life. Above the Lord. I'm 35 years old. I've served the Lord. I need to say, I've served the Lord more than half my life. Listen, I'm still coming out. Here I am, I'm out. Should the Lord come now? I'm uh, listen, I can I can snatch the cookie from Brandon. <laughs> I can almost snatch it. One time two, I can almost snatch it. I'm ready to go. This I tell Pastor Tim, Pastor Pastor Timmy so died young. Don't say that. Pastor wanted to go. And meet the Lord. You know why? I'm fulfilled because I've abound in the work of the Lord. Should the Lord take me now, I'll, I'll be more than willing to take my last breath and go. Listen, are you abounding in the work of the Lord? Should the Lord call you home now? In closing, let's read this work. Our labor for Christ is not in vain. What you do for God, church, is not in vain. Never. Do you hear me? Not in vain. You know why? Because 
know that for a fact. In closing, let's all stand and we'll read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of what, church? Of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. Hallelujah. Everything you do, Do it in love for, for the gospel's sake. You do it in love for the brethren's sake. So that the ministry will go forward. The people will hear the gospel.